0: Welcome to Legacy Therapy, the podcast that will teach you, in bite-sized chunks, how to leave a stress-free legacy so loved ones can focus on people, not paperwork, when you become ill or pass away. Here is your host and financial advocate, Stacey (laughs) Golden-Lisnock.
1: Okay, and welcome to this episode. Episode of Legacy Therapy Planning Techniques for a Stress-Free Legacy. And today I have with me Laura Thatcher. And Laura, you know, I don't have your bio in front of me at the moment. So I'm going to ask you to give us a little bit of background. Um, it was very interesting what happened in your, in your life and how you became an estate planning attorney here in Southern California. So I'm going to let you go ahead and, and tell, you, tell us about you.
2: Okay. Uh, Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, Do you want me to go back to the childhood story when I wanted to be a pediatrician, or shall we jump forward a little bit to where I'm actually practicing law?
1: Yeah, let's go to the law part, like how you went from you were a litigator, I think you said, and then you switched over to the estate planning side, which is what we're going to talk about today, being that this is legacy therapy and planning techniques for a stress-free legacy. And I, and I love that we're going to talk about the, the, the guardianship issue and how children can't own um, assets. We're going to talk about some things that I think are really going to be very interesting to our listeners. So, but I want to kind of know about your background a little first.
2: Absolutely. So when I went to law school, um, my original goal was to be an environmental attorney. And when I came out of law school, the job I got was in car accident defense. It's amazing how life takes these twists and turns that we don't expect. So after a few years, I transitioned from litigation over car accidents to construction defect litigation. And I was a practicing litigation attorney in the construction defect realm for another 10 years. And then in 2009, um, my father passed away after a long bout with cancer And at his funeral, his work colleagues and the people in his life spoke about him and the difference that he made in their lives professionally. And he was an engineer. He was not the most, not a position that you think of as the super most caring or nurturing, but my dad had this profound impact on the lives of people that he worked with. And I looked at myself and my job, and I felt like I was more of a cog in a wheel uh, than making an actual difference in people's lives. And this was in early 2009, right after the bottom fell out of the real estate market. Remember, I was a construction defect litigation attorney. So when people aren't building houses, they're not suing over houses that have problems. And I got laid off. I like to joke that with along most people, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It forced me to prioritize and to figure out what was important to me. And for me, that was my family. Um, And I, in my parents, I had an amazing example. Back when I was in law school, my parents dragged me to their estate planning attorney and they prepared their estate plan. And they updated it over the years and they moved different states and updated it for the, where they were living in the various states because they moved around quite a bit when I was in law school. Um, But eventually when my dad passed away, everything was planned out and my parents had all their ducks in a row and all my mom and I had to do when dad died was grief. And uh, really, that was enough. I mean, and that's the goal here. You know, that's
1: the great story, but it's so rare to hear that story.
2: <sighs> exactly. And On the side for years, I had been drafting prenuptial agreements for friends and wills. And so after dad died, I looked at the the legacy that they had left me of this proper planning. And my mother is still alive, so I didn't get a monetary legacy, but I got an example. And I could use that example to help other people have what my mother and I had. And, um, so that's what I've been doing since 2009 and I've gone from feeling like a cog in a machine to feeling like I make a difference in my clients' lives.
1: Yeah. And this, this is something, uh, everybody should be considering. And I, I found you actually on Facebook where you had posted an article on, uh, choosing a guardian for your children which is something that is uh, one of the chapters of my course talks about in depth because uh, so many young families haven't done this and it could be quite devastating if there is a death um, for the child to have to not really have a place and nothing set up in advance. So I wanted to get your perspective on that. And and I know it's important to you because that was something that we've (laughs) talked about a little bit. So,
2: yeah, well, um, I think back when my, my oldest son is 17 and when he was born and when I went back to work, I was riding up in the um, elevator and I actually, I worked in the New York life building and I'm riding up in the elevator with a woman who's a New York life agent. And this was, I, I think it was literally a day or two after I'd gotten back from my first maternity leave. And In speaking with this wonderful woman, I realized how much I needed to do to be a responsible mother. And one of those things, thank you to the life insurance agent, was get enough life insurance so that my children could be monetarily taken care of if something happened to me and my husband. And then my husband and I talked for years about needing an estate plan. Uh, When I was in a mommy and me class, and remember I'm a construction defect attorney at this time. Um, I'm in a mommy and me class and there's an estate planning attorney who comes to speak with us. And we're sitting and I've got my baby on my lap and she's talking about the need to take care of our families and prepare a trust. And then someone asks the dreaded question, how much does it cost? And I said, well, that's not for me. <laughs> it was at the time, having just come off maternity leave, I there was no way that the, the idea of spending that much money terrified me. Um, so for years, my husband and I didn't do anything. And then flash forward a few years more, and I decided to hang out my own shingle doing estate planning. And okay, so now I can write my own. <laughs> And luckily I had the training and the ability to craft that plan for my family. But the sticky part then was my husband and I couldn't agree on who we wanted to take care of our children. We fought for two years. That's not an uncommon story because (laughs) I'm guilty
1: of that. I'm guilty of that as well. Um, In my case, we never came to an agreement and my kids are, you know, well, well past the age where they need to be have a guardian, but I figure like, well, the chances are slim. But you know, that's that's only good if you know it works out that way. For the few that it does, devastating that they don't have somebody named right. Like, what could happen?
2: Well, um, well, the worst thing that could happen is your children can end up in foster care, whether it's for a night or long-term. Um, if I, I haven't personally experienced this, but I read a, an article um, by a woman talking about needing to prepare your estate plan. And she told this story of a married couple with children at home with a babysitter. The married couple was in a car accident And the police came and knocked on the door. And there's a teenage babysitter at home with these two young children. And the teenage babysitter didn't know who to call, what to do. So the police swooped the kids up and took them to Child Protective Services. And they were in foster care for, luckily, eventually family members were found, but they had to, who knows what can happen to your children in homes that you yourself haven't vetted. Um, and that leads me to recommending to my clients to just one, to have a proper estate plan. And we'll get into the details of that, but also to make sure to leave instructions with your babysitter who to call. If something you know, who to call if something happens to me rather than the police or, social services. Yeah, that's, that's so
1: true. That's so true. And, 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 you know, it's like you talk about a teenage babysitter, which, you know, you figure they're not going to know a whole lot, but, but even if you had somebody, um, even more, more mature, that doesn't happen in, in one's life, like ever, right? Like you wouldn't know what to do in that scenario. And it's, it's sort of like, um, leaving those instructions would be a little bit, um, I don't know, out there, maybe you're, you're having a premonition of this bad thing happening or something like that. So I think that it's a good idea to have just like an emergency contact list on the, on the refrigerator, um, maybe on the side of the refrigerator. And then just always point that out to whomever is there when you're not there, say, Hey, there's an emergency list on the fridge. If -hmm. anything happens, you know, if the water pump pipe breaks or something happens that you need emergency, go to that list first. And then the emergency contacts would be on there.
2: Yes. And I actually have a PDF version of that, that I provide to my clients and you can fill it out every time you go out. This is where I'll be. These are the people who are taking care of my children and here are my children. The they're allergic to eggs. And you can put those details on that form. I don't know why I thought of eggs just then, Yeah, that's, that's into my head.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an excellent idea. It's kind of like when, um, when you have those temporary, um, oh, if, if some if your kid's traveling with somebody else or whatever it is, when you have to give them like like uh, the medical right to take patients. them to the hospital, medical, yeah, and all that. So I don't think people realize how restricted the laws are. You just figure, I have a kid that needs medical attention. I would just run them to the emergency room, and it's just like, aha. I don't know what really happens if they're going to just ignore the kid because you're not the parent. Um, but why would you take the chance? You know, you could run into just, like somebody that's-
2: I do think that hospitals have to treat life-threatening situations, but they, uh, my understanding, Mm -hmm. and you know, my medical degree is from Grey's Anatomy. So don't take medical advice. Um, (laughs) Exactly. But I do have a law degree from Loyola Law School here in Los Angeles. So you can take legal advice from
1: that's, me. Yeah, that's handy. So, what is your? Um, so, what is your? I noticed in your download, which maybe we can um, we can offer up as a as something that people could get from from you. I'm not sure where they would get. it. How would they get that if they want that download?
2: On um, Gar-
1: How to pick a guardian?
2: Well, I can provide a link to my website, and people can go on there and download it um okay, we, put, okay. Uh, we probably should have discussed this earlier but can we put that in show notes yeah, yeah it'll be in the, it can be in the show notes but and, and it's not a difficult one to remember though either right it's just isn't it tell tell them what your website well my is. website is uh www thatcher t is in tom h-a-t-c-h-e-r lawgroup.com okay Okay, so that's good. So then there's this whole
1: thing. And you, in that, you offer a, a form that can be notarized. I actually have it right here. Yeah. So what is your what are your thoughts on that? Is that just like a, a quick fix? I mean, we don't want people to think that, oh, I've got it done now that I saw Laura or talked to Laura or heard Laura mm-hmm. on, on Stacy's show. Um, this nomination of guardians form, you know, is very handy. And, and you have the notarization form to go with it, uh-huh. But what is that really,
2: you know, what does that really mean? Well, I think of it as the first step on a ladder. Um, if you do nothing else, put in writing who you want to take care of your children. Um, I personally think it's a great idea to have it notarized, but actually in California, it, to nominate a guardian for your children, it just has to be, a something in writing that is signed and dated um so that is the minimum and you know take out a piece of paper if i die well, my child my child john smith is a minor i want jane doe to be the guardian signed laura thatcher december 11th 2020 um, it can be that simple. Well, that's good to know.
1: Yeah, that's so, good to know. Cause I'll tell you my granddaughter once and my kids and my daughter and her husband were going to Mexico for something, an event. And I said, you know, you really need to have something. So they did write something similar to what you're saying. Um, Do they both need to sign up both parents or does it matter? At them? Um, better than nothing.
2: And, and then go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, because we we talked about how my husband and I couldn't agree and you and your husband couldn't agree. Um, So I jokingly, and it's only semi-joking, I say, whoever dies last wins. So if you can't agree with your spouse as to who should be your child's guardian, create your own list, both parents and sign it. And then the, the survivor the survivors list wins it, it's left a little bit to chance that way but i figure my choice my choice is, is my choice and my husband's choice is his choice and he loves our children as much as i love my children so even though i disagree his his choices aren't terrible um so that way we leave it a little bit up to fate. But again, something is better than nothing. The perfect thing is if both parents agree. If you can't agree, just create your own lists. Uh, it is so much better. When we hit these roadblocks, and one of those big roadblocks is I, my spouse and I don't agree on who takes care of the kids, then don't agree. Don't let that prevent a plan to be in place. Um, There, especially in estate planning, I I think in all areas of life, but estate planning, there are so many roadblocks that cause people to not put their plan together. And the first is, if I prepare my plan, it means I'm going to die. No, it does not mean you're going to die. It means that if you die, you have a plan in place. It's not... Creating that document is not going to hasten your death. Yeah, right. I, I had that. I had that same experience um,
1: in life insurance because I was a fin- financial advisor for for over thirty years, and I have a life life insurance license for even longer than that. And that was in the early days. I would come across that way more often than I do now because I think just people mature. Um, over the years and seeing what does happen and how families are left destitute and they're having to um, you know, ask for handouts and, and um, GoFundMe, you know, accounts are opened on their behalf. And that's just because they didn't take care of their own business. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a little bit of, of a problem for everybody, right? And, and it doesn't need to happen because life insurance is so inexpensive. The chances of you actually passing away early are slim, but it does happen to one one to two percent of the people holding those types of um, inexpensive policies.
2: I didn't realize the numbers were that low. Cash in on um, them, which is more proof that yeah, they only they have are to for two percent. Create having yeah. that policy is not going to hasten your death.
1: That's right. That's right. And it just makes it it just makes it a, like a safety net because in this world and in this life, you have to have money to operate. And if yes. you don't have money to operate, everything falls apart. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the life insurance thing. And, um, I wanted, yeah, I you wanted got- to mention,
2: I'm sorry. I, I was just, I wanted you to go ahead and ask your question. Okay,
1: <laughs> cool. All right. So, um, we talked a little bit about the guardian. So the guardian thing is real mm-hmm. important. Um, I just can't emphasize that enough. Um, the guardian actually, though, you can't just legally just take somebody's kids. It's, it's a it's a legal process, right? You actually get paperwork and, Correct. and the court actually has to sanction that you're the right person. And so how does that actually look? Like does somebody, if, if somebody, like let's say somebody's, Uh, dies and then Mm -hmm. they left their kids to their sister and then their sister is like mourning the death of 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 her sister and um now she's got her kids and her whole life is uh, you know totally turned around because now she's got these kids that she didn't have yesterday Um, at what point do you get the law in you know the courts involved because you have somebody else's child that you really don't have legal rights over Um,
2: So it probably should happen, if you have the guardian nomination, um, what you do is you go to the probate court, um, at least here in California. Uh, It's probably a very similar process in other states, but each state in the United States has slightly different laws. And I'm a California attorney. I always like to give that disclaimer. Um, So what happens is, let's assume that you have that guardian nomination. I've nominated my sister Jane to watch my children. I, my husband and I are in a car accident and we die. So Jane has this nomination. And now all that is, is a nomination. So what Jane does is she fills in a guardianship petition and brings it to the court. The And then she files that with the court and then sends notice to all relatives Within a certain degree, um, adult siblings just provide n- the names of siblings, aunts and uncles, grandparents. Um, I think that's if those are if those are living, those are the only re- the requirement, um, and you provide notice. If no one objects, the court is going to grant the petition fairly automatically. In this time of COVID, hearing dates are taking a lot longer um, to to get. Usually they're a month or so out or two out, and now they're three to four to five to six months out because of how backed up the court is. During this time, of course, the nominated guardian can still care for the child. Um, And There, it is possible to get temporary papers authorizing all the steps of caregiving, dealing with schools, handling doctors, um, and medical emergencies. Um, But so if there's no objections, that petition is granted almost routinely. If there are objections, the court is going to look first to the nomination that the parents provided. And oftentimes I will recommend to my clients that there's someone that they really do not want their children to be with, to actually include a sealed letter explaining their reasons. And if that person objects and fights and says, but no, I should be the guardian, that sealed letter can be provided to the court. And if that person does not object, that letter doesn't have to go anywhere. Um, so that's it's a sort of a private way to make sure that your choices are are met. Um, Backing up a little bit to that guardian nomination, one of the things that I really strongly recommend is not just nominating my sister Jane. Um, My sister Jane is fictional, Um, (laughs) but so I nominate Jane, but what if Jane is in the car accident with me, then who? So what I always recommend is thinking about those permutations if Jane is married, so uh, Jane and um, Tarzan are married and Jane's in the car accident with me, did I name Jane and Tarzan together? So maybe Tarzan will be the guardian, but what if I only wanted Jane? So I have my clients think about these things and I provide sort of explicit instructions. If not Jane, then not Tarzan, but, my brother, John. Um, So it's, I like to think about it in a sports analogy. You have your starting quarterback, but if he's injured on the field or if something happens, you have a second string quarterback, even a third and fourth string quarterback who can come up and take the place of that first string. And there goes my sports analogy. analogy. Yeah, I think that's about that's it for my sports. That's really, yeah.
1: Okay, well, that's cool. Um, all right. Well, I think that that kind of wraps up. Because, you know, I I've always wondered about that, and so now I'm I'm glad to actually have somebody that knows mm-hmm. answer that question. And in my um in my research too, and I, I never thought of what happens um, in the divorce scenario. So yeah. let's say you did, did nominate, you know, Tarzan and Jane and Jane as a couple, and then they're divorced. Which one would they go with? Like, like how, how do you decide that? And is that something that you would want to have written out as well?
2: It's very much something that you would want to have written out. Um, most often my clients will name the, the the one one of the people in the couple not so that my kid if i name jane as a guardian my i only i only name jane i don't say jane and tarzan it's just jane and i do not know where i came up with tarzan as the name of the husband but there we go <laughs> <laughs> i think um, it's a fictional character
1: yeah which is good So, yeah, so instead of naming a couple, you're suggesting rather than naming a couple, just name one of the the couple so that it doesn't become an an issue if that one um, isn't available. And, you know, um, did you, I'm sure this movie Manchester by the Sea, did you see that?
2: I don't think I've seen that one.
1: Oh, wow. That's, that's the, 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 uh, what do I want to say? Um, The guardianship surprise. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you get the person to agree ahead of time that this is something they're willing to, to do, not have it be sprung on them. They get, they hear of your death and then, oh, by the way, you were, you were the ones listed as, <laughs> as the parents. Uh-huh. Here you
2: go.
1: I was thinking, this so baby is,
2: yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm dating myself with Diane Keaton.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, There was another one that was, uh, it was two single people Uh um, that, that were friends of this couple independent of each other. And they, I think they tried to match them up and they went on this date from hell and then, (laughs) then guess what? They get killed in a car accident. They have this baby and now all of a sudden they're both named as the guardian. And so then it becomes this love story in the end, but they can't stand each other in the beginning. So
2: I have some stories of them. I like that movie because although it, you don't really want that guardianship surprise, um, that particular movie handled the guardian nomination process and being vetted by social services, going to court. Um, it actually handled it semi-accurately for a movie, yeah. which is rare. Usually you'll see those movies and it's the the person's just the godparent and the godparent gets the kid automatically. Um no. Being yeah, concerned. what what about godparents? Isn't that sort of like the
1: unofficial you're the godparent so you when you accept the godparenthood, you're sort of unofficially saying yes if something happens to you I'm I'm the one or is it just something else?
2: Legally no. Legally the godparent is not the nominated guardian. It's evidence I mean, if, um, if something were to happen to me and my child's God, and I did not have a plan in place, um, my children's godparent could go to court and say, they, they named me as godparent, I am who they would have wanted. Um, right. But that's, it's not an automatic, and that is not, a, uh, the, the godparent does not have legal authority as a guardian. Right um, And I should mention that there are two types of guardians. There's a there's the guardian of the person who is physically the person who takes care of the minor child. And then there's also something called the guardian of the estate. And that is the person who manages the money, um, my money for my children um, because children under the age of 18, or I should just say minors, are not allowed to own money. Um, If they have a bank account, they have to have an adult named on that account as a financial guardian. Um, So it's important to think not just about who's physically going to care for my children, but who's gonna manage my money for my children. Um, And there are actually several ways to do that. You can name a guardian of the estate, Um, And you can also create a trust. And the trust is like, I have behind me a treasure chest. Um, A trust is is like a treasure chest that you store your assets inside of. um, And that can be used to, um, you name us a trustee who looks after money for the children. And in order to have a trust and a trustee look after my money for my children I don't have to go to court for that that can be handled outside of court entirely and that's one of the very nice things about trusts and we can also with a trust um, rather than having my children get my money at 18 I can say when I think my children are mature enough to handle money on their own and it's not 18 Right.
1: I know, I know. And some of them, they, they say so much at this age and so much at that <laughs> age and so much at another age and all that jazz. Well, this has been really great. I know we're kind of running out of time right now, but um, I think you touched on a lot of really important points of the guardianship thing for sure. And I'm hoping that people who do have young children take it to heart and realize that they are kind of leaving things up to fate. And that is not a good thing to do when, when your children's uh, well-being is in jeopardy potentially. Now we hope that this would never happen to be the case, but you know, we have things just in case a little safety net of life. And I think it's a real important safety net. You wouldn't want to be on a, on a high rise uh, teeter totter thing without some sort of uh, way to catch yourself cat, you know, on the way down anyway. with that said, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and being a guest. And people that want to get in touch with Laura, you can reach her uh, at her off of her website, I imagine, right? You told them, and I'll have it in the show notes. And then do you want to give out a phone number just so that people could jot it
2: down? Sure. It's 310-305-4646.
1: Oh, that's an easy one.
2: Yeah. Cool. And they okay. can reach me um, by email if they prefer um, at Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at Thatcher, again, T as in Tom, H-A-T-C-H-E-R, lawgroup.com. Um, yeah. and that phone number receives texts as well. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> That's good to know. Thank you.
1: All right. Well, um, I think we'll wrap it up for today, but thank you again so much. This has been one of those topics that I'm very passionate about. It is in one of the chapters and one of the lessons of the online course, Got It Together Emergency Info File. We go through uh, all kinds of different scenarios there, the pro and con sheet, which is kind of what each parent would do and, you know, you know, pick this person or pick that person and what would be the pros and cons of each person and, and all that jazz. But, but you gave some very good tips and advice when you can't agree. And I think that's probably the big stopping point for a lot of couples. And so um, with that said, I want to invite everyone to visit the website www.gotittogethernow.com and check out the online course and see if that's something that you would like to do because that will be a way to provide a stress-free legacy for your family and there's nothing better as Laura mentioned than having a stress-free legacy like her father did for her and her mother um you know and then you have the time to grieve which is really what you should be doing in the in the case when somebody does pass away not having to be stressed out looking for paperwork dealing with cords dealing with all kinds of things that you shouldn't have to be doing and um, we don't even know what falls through the cracks and never gets discovered so it's another big thing so i'm uh stacy golden list your financial advocate signing off until next time and thank you for listening bye-bye, bye-bye.
0: thank you for listening to the legacy therapy podcast If we hit it out of the park today and you learned at least one new thing to take action on in your own quest to planning the best legacy possible, then be sure to tell your friends, subscribe, and rate and review wherever you get your podcast. The show notes will provide the sites and information that were discussed today. You can get more great tips, resources, and inspiration by visiting our website, LegacyTherapyPodcast.com dot com.